0: Okay. All right. This podcast is brought to you by listeners like you. If you like what you hear, check out thn at Patreon or click the donate button at TwoHeadedNerd.com and show your support.
1: Yes. Oh, ha ha! Remember me, old chum. Mm, jolly.
2: Welcome to THN Cover to Cover for Saturday, October 3rd. My name is Matt Baum. And I'm the
3: Internet's Joe Patrick. Here's how it works. Every Saturday morning at 10.30 Central Time, Matt and I go live on our Facebook page to rep about the week's nerd news. And then we open the phone lines at 11 for
2: you nerds to play along. You can call us at 402-819-4894. You can click our Facebook call now button if you can't remember numbers. Or you can just chat with us in our Facebook live chat where we do this live over the Zoom. And we drop a link to our Zoom meeting if you wanna pop in and hang out. All we ask is that you please turn off your video. It's super simple. You come, you check us out on Facebook live, And you play along. Without you, we don't have a show. If you can't play along live, that's okay, too. You can leave us a voicemail on our phone number, 402-819-4894, or send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. But before we get to all this BS, Joe Patrick, we need to talk about this week's Nerd News. Nerd News. There's a lot of it. There is a lot. Uh,
3: Not really. (laughs) Uh, get ready for Batman, the podcast. Batman is coming to Spotify as an original scripted podcast called Batman Unburied. Spotify, Warner Brothers and DC announced that film and television writer, producer, director David Goyer. You may know him from the Christopher Nolan franchise as quote unquote originated the story and will shepherd, whatever that means, and executive produce Batman Unburied, the first from a slate of original scripted narrative podcasts as part of the company's multi-year partnership. Wasn't much info to go off of uh, about the actual story, but according to the statement, Batman unburied will explore quote, The darker aspects of Bruce Wayne's psychology, which is good. Never heard that. They've never never seen that that
2: before. They've never done that. This is like whole new territory. Well, this whole time, smiley Batman's in a good mood. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
3: I guess we've done it with pictures and no sound and sound and pictures, but never just sound.
2: It's true. It makes me think like when they say stuff like this, it makes me think that like David Goyer. Has never picked up a Batman comic. Like he might think he invented the Batman we as we know him.
3: <laughs> like the dude co-wrote comics for many years. I I, I, I don't. I don't know. I, it's just I don't. I don't know.
2: You know, and maybe that's just like a Hollywood thing where they're like, oh, make sure you mention this. Make sure you mention the dark, you know, whatever dark psychology crap, because they're not speaking to us. They're speaking to people that only know. You know, the Batman movies and whatnot.
3: I just have a question. Uh, outside, uh, like post 1966, or whatever, whatever, whenever Batman the movie came out, the Adam West one. Right. What Batman project? On screen or film has not explored the darker aspects of Bruce Wayne's psychology. <laughs> that's,
2: that's totally fair. <laughs> that is a fair Batman, question. Batman
3: the fucking animated series explored the darker
2: aspects of Bruce Wayne's psychology. No, I totally agree. It's it's silly, and I don't know what it means. Honestly,
3: <laughs> I mean whatever. That, that's neither here nor there. Uh, the there was this is there's. Bleh. There's precedent for this sort of thing. Uh, there was a uh, moderately successful, I guess, Wolverine audio uh, drama um, called "The Long Night," and then there was a second season, "The Lost Trail," written by Ben Percy. They were both. Uh, they really were big successes, good. and from everything that I've heard from my friends, really great.
2: Yeah, they were great. I loved them. I listened to them both. They were fantastic, and it was the kind of thing where it's like I don't think I need superhero podcasting with original. Scripting, but it turned out to be great. Ben Percy wrote it, yeah, and I mean, honestly I think it's it's I like it a lot kinda... better than I like most Ben Percy comics, <laughs> so. <laughs>
3: I mean, it's it's disingenuous a bit to call them podcasts. They're audio dramas. It's just that they're I mean, they're on a podcasting platform. It's still a podcast. It's still coming out on the platform. No, it's not they're a podcast. There are no there are no hosts quibbling about stupid shit. It's an audio drama, See, just like an you're old putting radio podcast in a box.
2: There's been scripted podcasts for a very long time. Serial was a scripted podcast. I mean, sure, it was a true story, but it was a narrator telling a story with like guests and stuff like that. I mean, Uh, this is not new by any means. Podcast doesn't mean not unscripted.
3: No, I understand that, but like, I don't think serial is even in the same ballpark as this. this they is, modeled this. This is like the fucking Bickersons they from the 1930s. They modeled this
2: and the Wolverine podcast after shows like serial. Like, they quote, they're like, we really like that idea and we wanted to do it with fictional characters.
3: And again, but serial is not a narrative, a fictional
2: narrative. Serial was a true story that she was recounting. It's still a narrative, is the point. My other point is like, there's the other one. What was the paranormal podcast that's been going on forever? Welcome
3: that, to Vale. Yeah.
2: I mean, like, that's all fictional and stuff like that. I don't consider them podcasts. Ben Acker and Blacker. Podcasts are a different thing. (laughs) Okay. I'm not going to give you just a podcast here. Do we need superhero podcasts? Do we care?
3: I mean, if they can make, uh, like, they've been making audio drama versions of comic book stories for years. Like, BBC has done them for decades. Uh, I uh, I had a four CD box set of The Death and Return of Superman. Audio drama. Oh, yeah. Produced by the BBC. All American actors. Well, actors with American accents, at least.
2: I mean, come on. Um, the Brits can do that. We can't go the other way, though. It's yeah, 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 always bad. When we uh,
3: try. And it was great. Like, if it's good, it's good. I just, it's not the sort of thing that I normally seek out.
2: Yeah. this I have Markins, nothing against it. I go straight uh, to I'm like the- I'm not a
3: huge fan of David
2: Goyer anymore. I go straight back to like the Marvel, like Stanley radio shows and stuff like that, that they converted into cartoons later, where we found out they were just stealing Jack Kirby's art and moving it, and <laughs> Jack Kirby didn't even know they were doing it. <laughs> I mean, if it's good, I'll check it out, whatever. I'm not, I don't get real excited about David Goyer anymore either. I don't know- if he was just sort of like a product of his time, go-to guy for movie scripts and character choices that I don't particularly love or want to remember. But I'll check it out, I guess. Um, there was supposed to be a bunch more Marvel stuff, but I don't know if that's on hold or they're retooling the deal. But we were supposed to get another Wolverine series. We were supposed to get a Captain America one, a Spider-Man one. So we'll see. Maybe superhero podcasting is where it's at. And uh, we'll all stand over our burning comics, warming our hands, listening to the Batman podcast. Who knows?
3: Yeah, I love how you think that you can't have more than one format for comic book
2: entertainment. I think this is where they're going. I think it's all podcasts from here on out. (laughs) 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 In other news, S.H.I.E.L.D. may be pretty quiet in the Marvel U these days, but its galactic sister agency, S.W.O.R.D., is making a huge comeback. Spinning out of the pages of *Empire's Finale and the beginning of X of Swords. Abigail Brand of S-W-O-R-D. Anybody, what's it stand for? Top of your head.
3: Sentient Worlds Observation and Research Department.
2: (laughs) Sounds close. I don't think you're right, though. Are returning with a new ongoing series to launch this December. Helmed by Empire creators Al Ewing and artist Valerio Shitty. According to Marvel it's he's always gonna be shitty to me. According to Marvel press release, the pair will quote, do for the galaxy what Krakoa did for the planet. Whoa. What does that that mean? No idea what that means. In the startling aftermath of X of Swords, MutantKind will take the bold next step in claiming their destiny by relaunching the Sentient World Observation and Response Directorate.
3: Response Department. <laughs> Sentient World Observation and Response Department. I got one word wrong. Eat L. It.
2: Ewing is saying Directorate. So I'm looking at Wikipedia right here. Sentient do- World Observation and Response Department. I trust L. Ewing on this one. To deal with all things extraterrestrial on behalf of Earth... The events of S.W.O.R.D. will have a tremendous impact, not only on the X-Men's world, but the Marvel Universe as a whole, as the mutants of S.W.O.R.D. warp the cosmic landscape. The S.W.O.R.D. Forever mutants in space is what we're dealing with here. Are we into space,
3: it? Space muties. Uh, I am looking at a picture of the name printed in an actual comic book. Sentient World Observation and Response Department.
2: Well, now it's going to uh, be so, the director. No, they might
3: be changing the name, which they have also done to
2: Shield. To be sure, fair, sure, but, uh uh and modoc What was your question? <laughs> they changed modoc as well. So, if you, yeah, um, yeah. Remember when we talked about? It the used clicking? to be a
3: mo- mental <laughs> organism designed only for
2: cuddling. <laughs> remember when we talked about the clicking? This is what I was talking about. Do we mutants in space? Al Ewing is going to launch the mutants into space with sword. Now, dig on this team because it's. It's something. <laughs> Your team includes Abigail Brand, Magneto, Cable—not necessarily Kid Cable—so something's going to happen there, I think. Frenzy, no, Wiz it's Kid, Kid Cable. They don't call them Kid Cable; they just call him Cable. Everybody calls him Kid Cable. Fabian Cortez. Nobody calls him Kid. Manifold Cable. and quote many other fan favorite mutants who will be stepping into the spotlight in a major way. Of fan favorites, there I'll say Magneto, Cable, WizKid. Wizkid. <laughs>
3: Wizkid's a fan favorite, you think? <laughs> I love Wizkid and his weird-ass Lego chair <laughs> that he turns into different machines. It's, Heck yeah, I love Wizkid. It's been a while
2: since we've seen Wizkid. I'll give it that.
3: Uh, I do like Manifold. He was uh, He's he's the son or grandson of Gateway. He was in The Secret oh, Warriors. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, John, he was in Jonathan Hickman's Secret Warriors and yeah. his run on Avengers. Um Yeah. You know what? Yes, absolutely. I'm on board. I love sword. I love Al Ewing. I give me a team full of obscure weirdos in space. Yes, I'm here for it. This
2: is a whole new sword, though. The first sword was like a human thing. It was very shield driven. Like Nick Fury helped develop it. Abigail Brand was put in charge of it. And the idea was we're going to protect the world from aliens and stuff like that. Now it's mutants doing it.
3: I don't know if Nick Fury had anything to do with it but I mean it was just it was like a it was like a separate government agency yeah. and and they have a they have like they have since revealed that there were m- several like weird acronym agencies out there that oh, all sure, start with sure. Uh, Like, I think there was one that was about magic, uh, magic stuff, but I forget the name of it. But this one is like, Um,
2: it's just mutant driven. It's not government driven, which kind of threw me. So, I mean, I'm fine with um, it. Um,
3: I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, yeah, it does. It does sound like that this is something that, uh, that the mutants are restarting.
2: Yeah, absolutely. uh,
3: Which is totally fine with me. Um... Yeah, I do love this team. Uh, I, I am worried about, you know, stretching some characters kind of thin. Like, I don't really need Magneto in every book. He's already a pretty yeah prominent figure. But if they're going to move in there
2: where they're like, look, you're in charge of this. You go do this. And, like, Professor X is going to stay here and no mention of Apocalypse. So I have a feeling something's going to happen with that, dude. Because <laughs> they're building yeah. up some big stuff right now in this whole X of Swords with Apocalypse, which so far has been crazy fun we've got like apocalypse's wife and stuff shows up like, Oh, oh. <laughs> I love it. Yeah.
3: I, boy, let me tell you, get the, the, hey, the current state of the X books is a conversation for Wednesday. Um, but uh, I, I do, I, I, I do uh, kind of accept the idea that these characters have all been popping up in multiple books. Sure. You know, uh, except for except for the teams that have you know specific mandates like X Factor or the Hellions or whatever. You know, you'll see Cable in New Mutants or 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 Marauders or whatever, and you'll see Bishop in this book, and you'll see Magneto in this book. Yeah. So I have no problem with kind of a cross pollination of characters. I do love the focus on lesser known mutants. And I love Abigail Brand.
2: They've been doing plenty uh, of that in the X-Books too, though. I mean, like Nanny and the Orphan Maker are hanging out. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's true.
3: Um, and, you know, uh, regarding the, their connection to the X-Men, uh, JD got a catch in the chat points out that they were created in Astonishing X-Men. Yeah. Uh, by Joss Whedon and John Cassidy. So, you know, and like they, they are firmly linked to the X-Men.
2: Well, they were created um, there, but they were a government agency that was like butting heads with the X-Men.
3: Yeah, Matt. Matt.
2: <laughs> Just saying, they are firmly linked to the X Men. Now the X Men are running the show, which is that's a pretty yes, big. Yes, because change.
3: Sword, as we knew it, is no more. Yep. So they are restarting their own version of Sword. It's not that hard to grasp. I think it's a great idea. I fucking love Al Ewing. I love him.
2: I love Al Ewing too. Um, and the space and stuff. He's going to he's so he's keep at it.
3: on writing Guardians of the Galaxy and the Immortal Hulk, which is good news.
2: It sounds like they want to use this. I think what they're saying when they say. This is going to do for, like, space what Krakoa did for Earth. It sounds like they are trying to knit the Marvel cosmic stuff into a closer sort of group of books. And if this is a way to do that, I'm fine with it. Because right now, they've done that here and there, where, like, Guardians of the Galaxy is a big story, and all the cosmic characters sort of come together, and we have some spinoff stuff here and there. Thor has been very cosmic recently, and... Guardians of the Galaxy is still wonderful, but it's kind of doing its own thing and feels like it's off in its own corner. I love it when they knit all this stuff together, and if that's what they're going for, I'm completely in. 100%. Al, you I and Groove, he can I do think that. What it sounds
3: like to me is that they're going to be like seeding the galaxy with gateways to other worlds possibly. like they did on Earth with, with uh, the plant gates. Uh, and I think that that's going to lead to a lot of Uh, conflict which is always fun Badoon uh, storylines
2: definitely big Badoon storylines
3: yeah huge huge (laughs) huge Badoon news show uh, us your
2: Badoons Marvel
3: (laughs) bring back the Badoon the people demand it but yeah I think this sounds like great fun and more Aluing is always a good thing in my book I just it's like hey you know
2: yeah the guy's fantastic don't don't overreach don't wear yourself out, you know. Yeah, no, I agree. And pace I, yourself. I mean, hey, Wolverine's not here. Cyclops isn't here. It's not like we're getting, you know, the over Batmanification of DC right now. There is a lot. No, of I mean stuff Al Ewing. Going. Like this will be his oh, fourth book. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh,
3: you know, with we only find them when they're dead. This will be his fourth ongoing or monthly title.
2: True. So it's like. I do think now, he, he said that he had like the first two storylines of we only or we only find them when they're dead as a miniseries. And I think he uh, 15 issues, I think. Yeah. So he may have that all written. I, I think know. that's all scripted and done. I think this is more his monthly gig and we'll see how it goes. So I'm excited, though. Let's get some Hollywood news.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson is set to reprise the role of Nick Fury in a new Marvel series currently in development at Disney Plus. This news comes from Variety. Uh, There are no plot details yet, of course. But Mr. Robot writer Kyle Bradstreet is attached to write and executive produce. Uh, Here is a spoiler alert. The last time fans saw Nick Fury was in the post credit scene of Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, where it was revealed he was on board a Skrull ship somewhere in space. (laughs) And uh, Talos, the uh, Skrull leader from Captain Marvel, was running around posing as him. On purpose, like they're in cahoots, right, so we don't know what that's all about. Uh,
2: is they are they going to do sword? That would be fun. that's ok. So let's talk about the rumors. The big rumor it, like everyone's like shields coming back. And then there was another counter rumor that sword was going to be a new thing. And this whole fury in space working with the Skrulls, is understanding that we need to build some allies because we can't defend ourselves from all the space stuff. And if that's the case, that sure does sound like sword. Oh, hey, didn't we just have a news story talking about a huge return of sword in the comics as well? We sure did, Matt. Is that a coincidence? What do you think? Uh, I think (laughs) it is. I think it's completely a coincidence. I know. Lord knows Marvel never does that stuff.
3: (laughs) No, no. Yeah, I I can't think of any reason why, you know, the two would be linked. Um, This is going to be the first regular television role of Jackson's career. He's slumming it on uh tv instead of being a big old movie star
2: everybody's slumming it on the tv now though that's the way to go it's true
3: tv is the new tv is the new movies uh i think this is great i think it's fun you know i i'm right now this is selfish of me i know we're in a pandemic i know shit is is terrible all over i am starved for marvel cinematic I am right too. Now.
2: i am too i i really want them to just like i want this disney plus tv shows to get rolling because it sure sounds like especially with stuff like this which i think is a build up to the next avengers whatever it is nick fury started the first ones i feel like this show will be a slow build and burn to your new avengers team which is going to be way more cosmic influenced because of all the cosmic we've got the eternals movie coming we've got We know Nick Fury's in space. The next Captain Marvel movie is going to deal with space stuff. I think that is where we go from here. With Earth being a problem, of course, and stories taking place on Earth, but much bigger threats coming from the stars. And if they're going to rebuild S.W.O.R.D., it's a great way to rebuild. Oh, we
3: also know that there's going to be King and the Conqueror showing up. Yeah,
2: that's so time travel and cosmic crap there, too the fantastic four well, is of, certainly going to follow. Of course fall it's in leading
3: that. up of course it's leading up to the next avengers yeah. thing or big some sort maybe not the avengers like there's a speculation is rampant that they are gearing up for young avengers. Yeah. uh which will not be a surprise considering everything that they're setting up with uh Kamala Khan and uh Kate sure. Bishop and sure. all this all these other characters. Um Oh, that was another big uh, thing they cast Kamala Khan. Yeah. Uh, a young a young up and comer whose name i failed to record uh it has been cast as Kamala Khan in the Ms Marvel series which is great but the biggest MCU casting news of the week has to be <laughs> Jamie
2: Foxx being recast as Electro in the role he won an academy award for Electro
3: the role he was born to play Do, this past Thursday. Don't fact check
2: that. <laughs> There's no reason to. It's true. We all know.
3: <laughs> the past, this past Thursday, the Hollywood Reporter dropped the news that Fox would reprise his role as Electro in the next Tom Holland uh, Spidey movie. Uh, Fox confirmed the news the next day on his Instagram. Uh, super excited. Yada, yada, yada. I won't be blue in this one, but a thousand percent badass.
2: And then he promptly deleted the post.
3: He deleted the post.
2: <laughs> now, the good news uh, is you can put the the toothpaste back in the tube on the internet. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we're literally you know, breaking this news now.
3: <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, Fox in, uh, infamously played Electro in 2014's The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which starred Andrew Garfield as Spider-Man. The film failed to impress critics and underperformed at the box office. Uh, with only a seven hundred
2: million dollars globally, measly seven hundred million. <laughs>
3: yeah. uh, yada yada. Uh, there was that Sony for twenty fourteen hack, uh, and you know they were disappointed in the box office, which paved the way for Sony to do the unthinkable and strike a deal with Marvel Studios to share the character. Uh, leading to Holland rebooting the character in the Avengers movies and Marvel talent as, such as Robert Downey Jr. appearing in
2: Sony's solo Spidey films. Today, you know all this. Let's just talk about real quick. Jamie Foxx's role as Electro in that Spider Man movie was terrible. Was it Jamie Foxx's fault? No. He's a very talented actor who has made several good movies and won an Oscar for best actor. He's a talented guy. So
3: I just watched, coincidentally, Uh, I just watched Ray last night. Wonderful movie. Uh, uh, It's pretty good and he's really great in it. Um, No, I don't think it's his fault. I think it was a terrible script and they made terrible choices with that character. Uh, But boy, is it going to be hard to get over that?
2: That's where I'm going with this. No matter like, this is the first time we've ever seen an actor recast in the same role for a separate franchise now, I
3: mean, I, I guess you can count Michael Keaton, but that's going to be an alter, alternate
2: universe and thing. Even, yeah, an alternate universe thing, and they're going to pay homage to the Michael Keaton Batman universe. They're going to right, look right. at that universe and say, like, you're still that character, which, okay, sure. that makes sense. I can see that. Now, we're going to take a character from one franchise that didn't do so well— Put them as the same character, same actor in a new franchise, but like new attitude (laughs) or something. I don't know. Is this a completely insane and wacky idea? This seems bonkers. Uh, Yeah, it is pretty insane. I don't, I don't, I just, I don't know. There's There's also nothing about like Electro as a character that Jamie Foxx did to the character that I think made anyone demand this and be like, oh, if you're going to do Electro, it has to be Jamie Foxx. You got to give him another shot. You know, why? (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) This is such a weird move. And to, I'm not going to say that the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies are my favorite by any stretch. Were they terrible? No. Were they great? No. No, The second one is terrible. Maybe Spider-Man 2 is terrible. Why would you bring, like, any element of that to this universally loved Spider-Man felt like franchise that we have rolling. That's doing it right. I just don't get it. It doesn't make any yeah, sense. I don't know. At all. Um,
3: Frank Cirillo very smartly pointed out in the chat, uh, that they did this with J Jonah Jameson, uh, in that surprise cameo at the end. That's Far true. From Home. That's true. Uh, so
2: I guess, there's a precedent. <laughs> well, but let's talk about that for a minute. The role, the J. Jonah Jameson role that that actor like, portrayed was amazing, much beloved, incredible, arguably the best thing about the last two Spider-Man movies. So I can see everyone saying, yeah, we, that part we loved. Bring that in. That is so cool. Nobody loved Jamie Fox as Electro. He's like, Spider-Man's my best friend. He's, my best friend wouldn't do this to me. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> well, best friends. His, that's um, his, his story? story? He feels like he got let down by his best friend, so now he's going to murder him?
3: <laughs> Look, you know how many times I've wanted to murder you?
2: Yeah, but you're not smart enough to do it. I outsmart you every time. And then they reboot you and bring you back for our new franchise where we're that's friends. That's what again. I like to let you think. <laughs> I don't know. I think this is a totally bizarre idea. I think there's so many other famous people that could be in this role. My only guess is that Jamie Foxx must do, must have, like, come to them and said, I want to do this. I heard you're doing this. I want to do this. Let me do this. Because it just doesn't make any sense that they all sat down like, well, we should do Electro. We should go get Jamie Foxx to do it again. That poor guy. Let's go get him. It's not like it ruined his yeah, career or anything. Yeah, or no,
3: like- I, I mean, I think, you know, that does sound – Plausible, like Jamie Fox. Yeah, got wind that they were going to do Electro, and he's like, "I want to do
2: it right. I want a chance to do it right." I, I hope so. A, a great, that's fine. But that's the only thing that's going to sell me on this. Is that? Yeah,
3: thing. I mean, on in theory, I have no problem with it. In reality, it's going to be hard for me to separate the one from the
2: other. Yeah, um, totally. But you know, I like prove it. Prove it to me. Sure. No, totally. I feel the same way about this that I feel about, like, Batfleck and the DZ universe and stuff. If we're going to have several different Batmen and that's what we're going to do, then you better make them all good. Show me you can do it, and I'll yeah. be okay with it. Until then, skeptical. All right. Agreed. That's enough of us rapping here. Let's get these phone lines open. But first, Joe Patrick, I need to reset the question of the week.
3: I can do that. This week's question was submitted by Frank Cirillo via the THN Forums. He was talking to his friend recently about Superman, the animated series and the subject of Mr. Mixius Piddle. It came up and Frank said that that character design was great. And I agree. Totally. So his question is what comic book to animation design was your favorite and which one was a complete
2: failure? I love this. I love this. The phone line is open. Four zero two eight one nine four eight nine four. We want to talk to you about all of this comics we missed in the last week. And uh, anything else you guys want to rap about? So let's go straight to the Zoom for now. I've got the phone line open, like I said, but...
3: Put us in gallery view. I can't be handling this picture-in-picture nonsense. Well,
2: if I, when I do that, it shows everybody that's in here for some reason now, and I didn't make any so changes. So what? So I think that's, like, Zoom fun. But, like, is this any fun to watch? Is that better for you? See what I mean? Seeing, <laughs> seeing both of our faces at once is fun. Let's go to JD Gotta Catch. I'm going to unmute you first, sir. I believe you were the first one in. How are we today? And more importantly, what do you want to rap about? I'm good, guys. I'm good. How are you? Real good. Splendid. It's quite the etching of you, by the way. There's like this amazing drawing of J.D. here where he looks like he's like friends with J.D. Salinger or something.
3: <laughs> <laughs> J.D. Yeah. Salinger is a writer. It's
2: his cousin. I've been they're not both, an
4: artist. Yeah, We'll, we'll
3: go No, I that.
2: know that. I'm saying they look like they're related and they're both <laughs> writers. J.D, so, please talk, uh, save us here.
4: <laughs> all right. Uh, so I wanted to talk about um, something I've been kind of binging on lately. Uh, I've really been digging not only Boom Studios, but uh, Dan Mora, specifically. Dan Mora's recently I went I, I, I recently I talked about really liking uh, Once in Future. Mm-hmm. and uh just this last week uh just kind of chilling out for my first week at work i binge read all of uh what's his what's the writer's name michael michael Allen nelson's hexed yeah have you guys read that yes
2: no. really very yeah, good that stuff. whole
4: thing is so good it was really good now i know that the original the original four issue miniseries was emma rios and it was oh, actually Hext. her I thought
3: It was mark Wade, i thought
4: no uh nope uh, this is a creation specifically by this uh, Michael Allen Nelson, who also did Damon, which is
2: next up on my. Damon is read and so good. Comicsology Unlimited. Oh my god, Damon is fantastic. It's all about like humans that do the bidding of vampires during the day. And yeah,
4: it, I, I've oh, got it. I've got Volume One right here, it's ready so to read good because it's it's now available for borrow on Comicsology Unlimited. So
2: it was also supposed to I get like a uh, TV treatment. I and was it
3: confusing never did. it with uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, Mark Wade and Emma Rios did a a Doctor Strange miniseries called Strange. The Doctor is out. When was that?
4: Uh, Looking, looking, looking.
2: I'm looking, too. I can't find it.
4: I'm just curious because the 2008 uh, Hexed... 2010. That's when the trade came out. Yeah, because I was was reading some of the solicitations for Hexed, and they stated that the original 2008... Miniseries was the introduction of Emma Rios to comics. Oh. It was her first major. Yeah, work. yeah, that okay. sounds
3: familiar. Yeah, I Which remember. Really I remember cool. the covers. Yeah, I definitely remember the covers.
4: Yeah, the whole series is so good. He did such an amazing job of building this really great, um, like supernatural lore that is different than a lot of other urban fantasy supernatural stuff I've read uh, read lately. And I mean, I read a lot of that stuff, and this one's really, you know different and cool with these kind of great characters like the harlot and
1: yeah
2: and the and uh cymbeline and things like that which were so great fun creepy like kind of halloween reading too i'm getting yeah, into definitely, like yeah it's yeah, that time of year where i'm like
4: october getting me in the mood stuff
2: yeah i'm catching up on supernatural i'm reading my horror comics again and stuff you know
3: <laughs> yeah. oh man i'm dying for supernatural to come back <laughs>
4: But uh, I also I wanted to real quick. My answer of the week is pretty boring. Uh, The Justice League Unlimited is my DC universe. Totally. That's it. Totally, I mean, the the complete depiction of the entire universe is my is is my hands down. That's where I live.
2: I mean, like Bruce, Tim didn't do all of that. He obviously did all the Batman stuff and -hmm. they very much did that in his spirit. But I think you can argue like no one did it better than Bruce Tim when it yeah. came to like adapting characters from the comics to animation in a way that made them accessible, not just to kids, but also mm-hmm. to adults. It, it was brilliant. Cause like, they're still very cartoony if you look at them. It's right, right, right. Very classic yeah, the, American cartoonish.
4: Yeah. The, the, the classic Bruce Tim square jaw.
2: Yeah. But <laughs> all the elements are there. Everything yes. you need for the characters is there. Yeah. And like, yeah. I would argue like if you look at the old Marvel X-Men cartoons, which are so dated, not just in like the storytelling and stuff, but the animation is also oh, yeah. just garbage. They did their best. They really did yeah, to like take yeah. the characters right out of the comics and put them in the cartoon. But they're like, were, it's kind of hard to make a yeah, the, move, so they look stupid, but you know.
4: <laughs> well, and I think and I think what they what they did where they went wrong, where DC went right with Bruce Tim was whoever they got to animate X. In the animated series, they were really trying to be Jim Lee. Yeah. They were really trying to lean into that mid 90s kind of extreme style. Whereas DC said, hey, let's get this animator guy and just let him do his thing.
2: Yeah. Well, they meant, okay, so they wanted to be Jim Lee. There's a whole story about this, and I'll have to find it. I remember reading it. They wanted to be Jim Lee and they loved like Japanese animation at the time, Mm -hmm. anime. And they said, why can't we do that? And they went to different anime studios, and they were like, we want you to take these pictures and do it. And the Japanese anime studios were like, "Uh, doesn't really work like that, you know? (laughs) I mean, like, we could try, and they showed them some stuff, but they are like, no, it's too stripped down. It's too stripped down. So they ended up going with, I want to say it was Sunrise, maybe, the American animation company. I can't remember for certain. And they were like- Sunbow? Could be Sunbow. And they were like, yeah, we can do it. We can totally do it. And- They were so focused on the style of like how Wolverine looked and how, you know, Cyclops looked and stuff that they were just like, screw the animation. This is perfect. do it! We love it! <laughs> and they like, if you go back and watch that cartoon, they reuse a ton of, like, animation scenes. It's almost like Masters oh, of yeah. the Universe, where, like, yeah. they had that scene of He-Man constantly, where, like, there's a small break in the action where, like, He-Man runs into the panel, looks around for a second, and then he runs away, <laughs> like... Or he throws <laughs> his head back in laughter. Yeah, you know, it totally. And you'll see it, like, four <laughs> times in one episode. <laughs> It. i liked what they were going for and i loved them at the time those cartoons do not hold up they're so bad no they don't
3: yeah but have you seen the anime version of the x-men cartoon
2: yeah it's even worse it's it, no what? no they did they the animation is incredible the animation is incredible but they yeah, the animation is incredible but it's, it's
4: it's 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 you guys were talking about uh uh marvel anime a while a couple episodes it's never ago. been good it's basically the same thing it's it's it's, yeah. it's x-men manga verse
2: yeah it's never yeah. been good and it was just like we've got a rough idea of how this stuff works let's just hammer our characters into that formula there we go <laughs> like it doesn't quite work the formula so we'll just bash the formula around a little bit and there we oh, yeah. go <laughs> yeah
4: the animation was great on that but from story-wise it was it was almost like the original uh marvel star wars it was like yeah. they had you know like the the co- rough concept, the names, it. the cliff notes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the characters. And this is what they look like. Make up a story. <laughs> like, yeah, despite totally. the fact that they've been around for 60 years and we know what the fuck they're doing. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh <sighs> man.
4: Speaking of X-Men though, I am excited for the new sword thing. I did say in the chat though, my, my one rule is, and I know it's probably been written out of the story, but uh, Abigail brand has to boink
2: Hank McCoy again. <laughs> I do love them as I, I love them as a couple so much. I- I know. Uh, so they broke, so they broke up. They broke up years so ago. So cute like, as a couple, that, though. That happened in story.
4: Ugh, so yeah. Funny. And Dawkins and Vulcan were dead, too.
2: Yeah. No doubt. Well, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
4: Well, just have gold balls resurrect
3: their
2: relationship. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
4: <laughs> like, like, like anything that happened before in canon gives us, sh- you know, it exists in Hickman.
2: <laughs> so let me ask yeah. you this real quick. And I'm just going to pose this question. If you are a human and you fall in love with a mutant mm-hmm. that is covered with fur, has big feet, mm-hmm. fangs, claws, mm-hmm. and you have sex with them. Is that bestiality?
3: Bestiality? No, fur, because or Hank Pym is not friend. an animal.
2: Woo! That and also tec- that also, and also, the technically- Abigail
4: Brand is not human. Yes, yeah, because she's not even
2: Oh, she's totally part alien, human. right? And a mutant. Is that... Is she, is she a mutant? mutant? I thought she yeah. Was a she's part mutant alien. on
4: her mother's side. She has the X gene from her mother's side, and her, and her father is a blue furry alien.
2: And she's polarized. Oh, as see, Kaza. I thought
4: they were hint- I thought they
3: hinted that her dad was like Fin Fang Foom or something. That she was descended from the race of dragon aliens as Fin Fin Fang Foom. But I mean, yeah. I obviously that could that. be we'll, something
4: will in to the series about her having her 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 father or brother
2: having fur. So huh. We'll have to fact check that. JD, it is excellent to talk to you. Frank Cirillo is next in line. I'm going to mute you, brother, and unmute Frank. Thanks, JD. Frank, can you hear us? Um, yeah, I can hear you. We can hear the clarion call of your squealing children. That's how we knew you were there. Yeah, you can.
5: <laughs> all right, I'm going to keep this quick because we're doing some house cleaning let's today. Let's do it. Let's do um, it. All right. So, uh, by the way, what, that Jack Kirby book that you guys were talking about last week? Man. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I'm, I'm not even like a quarter of the – I'm not even a quarter of the way through,
2: and it's phenomenal. Yeah. I love it. If I that doesn't win the it. Eisner – if that doesn't win an Eisner this year, there's oh, something yeah. Wrong. I mean, he's – it,
5: It's so beautifully illustrated. I, at one point, I, I chuckled when he talked. like Because the way he talks, it's like I can hear – Totally. Like that – that, that New York, old New York accent, yeah. you know?
2: Where, like, the sister Fantastic. brings over the boyfriend. He's like, who's this piece of garbage? Huh? What are you supposed to be? Get out of my house, right. you <laughs> bum, you know? <laughs> it's, great.
5: it's great stuff, man. It's totally it's great totally great. Stuff. I can't stuff. I can't wait to finish it. Um, and, like I, like, I ordered it the day you were talking about it. I was so excited about it. It was great. Oh, can't wait. All right. So, here we go. Um, now, I'm, I'm not going to go back. I'm not going to go back to the well because that, I already said that one. Sure. But I'm going to say this. So my, my the, what I thought was a, a phenomenal hit was, um, I'm going to mention a couple because you know, like I think I think JD said uh, was it, the Bruce Tim, the entire Bruce Tim redesign, yeah. for Batman and Superman. I, you can't even you can't even pick one, right? But um, X Men, the Wolverine and the X Men designs, I love, I love those. I thought they were fantastic. It was the first time anyone actually designed Wolverine with gigantic forearms to accommodate. The metallic claws <laughs> that were in there, you know? What year was and that? Was, yeah, yeah. He
3: had kind was, of a bit of a Popeye thing going on.
5: Yeah. It was like the late, early okay. 2000s. 2009. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Late, two, all right. early, late 2000s then. Um, and then X-Men Evolution. Now, I, I started following Steve Gordon on Instagram. He was the animator on X-Men Evolution. Those designs were phenomenal. I love them. I, I thought they were really great. I thought yeah. I love the way Nightcrawler, I mean just from, from an animation standpoint, that cartoon was gorgeous. I will it say the Nightcrawler
2: design on that was by far the best animated Nightcrawler we've ever seen. Absolutely. He was Absolutely. so cool. Yeah, And yeah. I, that's one they never get right. They just sort of like the old school one, they just like he's blue and he's got weird feet and a pointy tail, <laughs> like, right? Okay, and, I get. The Thanks, oh, man. The way they made him move, I loved it. Like,
5: yeah, just like the like running around on all fours, like right out of the comics. That they got that totally right. I loved it, loved it, loved it. I I wasn't crazy about Wolverine's design in that comic because it was like, yeah, yeah, he looks like a he looks like just some older guy that's hanging around these
2: kids. I'm going like he's a creep, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There were some designs... Oh, no, that wasn't Storm. Who was the other in X-Men Evolution? I'm looking at a picture. There's, like, a short-haired black woman with blonde hair. Who is that standing behind Magneto? He was... Oh, wait, wait, wait. I'm trying to... I'm going to look at it now. I can't remember for the life of me. I'll drop this into... I'll drop this picture into the chat. And you guys tell me if you know who this is. Right there, honey. Um... You know, I, I, I just, those,
5: those are like the standouts to me. The, the way in X-Men, like the way they did the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants Yeah, was, was fantastic. Those guys, they, they looked great. They looked exactly the way they should have looked. I love the way Toad looked. I love the way, like his skin was slightly green. Yeah, they did a really nice job. He, on his
2: head was huge. All right, I'm going to share my screen you know, so you can see this picture. Yeah. It's driving me, me nuts. Say. I can't figure out who the heck this is. Let me blow it up real quick. All right. share your screen. Um, uh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. All right. I'm waiting. All right. So okay, I'll, okay, you
5: know, okay. and I'll, I'll, I'll go into. All right. So this one's not comic to comic to animation, but Batman Beyond was fantastic, too. Oh, yeah. That, those are some great designs. And they made it. I like the way they made them. They made its way into actual comic Wait, books.
3: Short haired blonde.
2: Yeah. That's a Dude. No. A d- it's a oh, woman. Oh, that was the spike. That's spike. That was Spike. Oh, that's Spike? Yeah. That's, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a really butch woman. <laughs> that no. Really that's Spike. Oh, okay. Who is Spike?
5: I have no spike memory. Spike was even. created
3: um, for the cartoon.
5: Yeah, he's uh, just on the cartoon. Cool. And he had he could create like bone um. He's like, like Marrow. Why not make him Marrow? Yeah. Marrow was around at the time. Yeah, but because no.
3: Marrow is terrifying for a children's cartoon but on the Disney Spike's channel. Spike's
2: not with the same powers? <laughs> No, but he's not like
3: he's not like pulling graphically pulling bones out of his <laughs> broken
5: skin. Yeah, no, it it's, it wasn't that graphic. So, you know, and and uh and and as far as like No, thank you, honey. As far as like what what was a failure? I don't know. I, as much nostalgia as I have for them, um those old Marvel comics, you know, because they just pulling them right out of the comics. And I know you mentioned it before, and the and and I I The the Alex Toth designs on, on, I'm going to say they're great,
2: but the animation didn't, didn't do it justice. No, I mean, but like at the same time, and you'll read when you're reading that Jack Kirby book about those cartoons, like they literally just threw them together. They're like screw oh it. God. It was like Stan's wacky idea he had one day, and he's like, "We're gonna get on TV, everybody, and I'm gonna narrate it because I'm Stan's man." No, 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 no. no. He's not talking. Like,
3: he's talking about the Alex Toth designed. Think, are you talking about Super, like, Friends. Super Friends and stuff? Yeah. I'm oh, about, I'm, the I'm, Super Friends. I'm not talking about those Marvel My bad. Films. No, 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 no. I, but Super uh, yeah, Friends I
5: mean, are, it was
3: 1978. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. It's like I, they, so they were doing what they could do, but also like of that
2: time, like I, I still think those kind of kicked ass for what they did back then. when I was a kid, I, I,
5: that was my, that was like my introduction to the, to like, to like, uh, Justice League.
2: Yeah. Same here.
5: Um, so I was, cause all I knew was Batman and Superman, but like, here's, here's all these other characters. Here's, here's Aquaman. Here's Wonder Woman. Here's everybody else, you know? And, and then they would add like in characters that never existed just to sort of. Right. have different characters, you know? Right.
2: Well, there were, so there were only of- like four or five characters in the DC universe back then. So, you know, they had to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, but they didn't have the, but the Flash was not in the regular Super Friends. The Flash should have been part of the Super Friends. He was like later in Challenge That's of the true. Super Friends, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I think maybe I they were just like
3: little- at the beginning, maybe they're like, oh, we can't really do super speed, guys.
2: I think Challenge of the Super <laughs> Friends was the one that I first discovered as a kid. I don't think I watched the original one. And I feel like Challenge yeah. of the Super Friends was better right yeah yeah oh, it, see it like, was i it i watched was. the og
3: because they uh it was on um it was syndicated in the 80s on like usa yeah wasn't on,
5: it was, was it on oh okay yeah uh I yeah. mean, this
3: was before anything like boomerang or whatever It's cartoon uh, express say, baby yeah U- usa cartoon express yeah dude the train uh, came, so came that's through where I I, that's like- where i saw all that shit like <laughs> space ghost and the teen uh Teen Force, or uh, Teen Force. it doesn't
0: matter,
3: yeah, it was like, like Herculoids. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, it was like Teen Force, it was like three cosmically powered teens that rode on space motorcycles.
5: So, uh, pre Lobo, right? <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, you know, pretty much pre Lobo, um, uh, but yeah, so that's where I saw Super Friends. And Super Friends is the cartoon where I learned that if you take one color of kryptonite and you put it inside Superman's cape it will shine the rays through the red cape and change the color of all the other kryptonite in the room because that's how colors work.
2: Or at least that's, that's how, how, at least that's how that's kryptonite how, colors work. I mean, maybe it's not how all colors Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how, it.
3: that's how transmuting the elements works. Uh, and that's how you turn a room full of green kryptonite into a room full of blue kryptonite. Even though putting green kryptonite behind a red cape does not equal blue.
2: <laughs> you you would think it's purple, alchemy, right? It's you, alchemy. You would think purple. Oh boy. Oh, before
5: I go, I want to honorably mention Herbie. From the Fantastic Four cartoon. Oh,
2: get out of here!
5: I hate <laughs> it, Herbie.
2: <laughs> God, I, like, I, do, <laughs> I do love how <laughs> they embraced Herbie in
3: the comics in later years. Yeah, yeah, as like yeah, this kind weird. of babysitter or whatever. Yeah. Right?
5: Yeah. It, well, uh, yeah, that's exactly. It was, so one. it's like it's a fun nod. Eh? It's fun. Well, you no, know, I know. I just, I just had to, I just had to mention it because. It was it a was thing with, oh, well, we don't want kids lighting themselves on fire like they did in 1960s yeah. because they had the Fantastic Four oh, the see You know
3: what? I wish I like that will always be the explanation in my heart, but is patently false. <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. The 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 rights to the human torch
2: were tied up with another production company. That's yeah, true. Oh, OK. OK. All right. All right. Sounds Frank, like someone's calling someone's in. Someone's calling in. Talking to you. I'm going to take a Frank. phone call. Bye. Thank you for calling THN. Cover to cover. Caller.
0: Who dis? Uh, this is the heady nerd, James Kaplan. How are you? James
2: Kaplan calling us live? I wasn't even convinced you were a real person. I thought maybe you were like somebody's AI that they typed in and just sounded smart.
0: (laughs) You know what? I'm I'm sometimes also not sure if I'm a real person. So, you know, we we got that in common. Fair enough. What'd you want to rap about today, sir? Well, I... Did not really have a great answer for the question of the week, so I just, I don't know, I figured I would catch up with uh, with you guys and see what you guys are talking about, and, um, you know, I've been doing a bunch of rereading of stuff this past week. I was on sort of a Al Ewing-related kick, so I reread all of The Immortal Hulk. God, Ugh. that's such a good book. It's
2: an amazing um, book. I think it's time that we have to start grouping it with one of the best Hulk runs of all time.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I, you know, I mean, like, I'm not as well read in Hulk as maybe I ought to be, like, but, like, I will say that, like, Planet Hulk is one of my all-time, all-time favorite comics, like, of any, you know, comics, and this is, like, I'm like, is this even better? I mean, maybe, (laughs) you know, like, it's just, you know, like, I, I just, you know, I was rereading it, and I went back to the very beginning, and I noticed that there was a moment that had come up in, like, whatever the most recent issue was, 37, and I realized, holy crap, they seeded this moment. Like, this moment was seeded in, like, issue two or whatever, and you're oh, like, yeah. oh, you you just, you realize, like, this is, like, sort of Hickman-level, like, master planning that he has going on, and um, it, it, uh, it's just so good, and he's just, I love that he's, he delves into, like, heady, heady stuff. I mean, it's, like, it's it's totally. amazing storytelling, but it's also just, like, heady stuff. It's God and evil and i i was also re- i reread his um i guess he co-wrote most of it with jason aaron uh the jane foster valkyrie that was a really good book it too. was fantastic it didn't, it didn't go <clears throat> yeah 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 and that was like i was like oh this is like it's a superhero story but it's also like <laughs> it's also very existential like it was just a lot of like what is after death and yeah, like a lot of, i don't know anyway i just um i'm also thinking of this stuff because i'm actually in the middle of writing a review of um. We only find them when they're dead. Um, I haven't read the second yeah. issue yet, but I've read the first one and just and, and I loved it. It, it was like yeah. one of my favorite we like, loved it. debuts of the year. So Al Ewing um, is anyways. definitely one
2: of those guys that's like from old school sci-fi fan nerd. And he loves that psychology. Side of it where, like, sure, you can put you can take a character and put him in like the far future or a green body that's unstoppable. But the really interesting thing is the stuff inside their head. And one of the things that I love about, and I think most people misunderstand about the Hulk, if you've only watched, you know, the movies or you have a passing, you know, love of the old 70s TV show, it was just like, oh yeah, you know, the guy gets angry and uh, turns into the Hulk and the Hulk smashes shit. There's so much psychology behind that, like the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde aspect of the Hulk and Ewing wants to explore, like the monster is not the Hulk. The monster is Banner's psyche and the Hulk is literally just an extension of that. He's a guy that got in the wrong place and it transformed him into this thing. Now let's go into that let's dig even deeper uh, i mean the something that Ewing something that ewing is
3: uh is doing that I appreciated and i don't I don't remember exactly if Peter David kind of planted these seeds or not um but it's the idea that Bruce has always had a split personality
2: yeah, I think it was Peter uh, David.
3: Well, I know that he introduced yeah. the idea of the split personality, uh, but I, like Al Ewing is like, so th- spoilers for um, the immortal She-Hulk one shot from, uh, I think it was last <laughs> week or the week before. Okay. <laughs> uh, it, it's kind of following up uh, it, the aftermath of her death in Empire, her death and resurrection in Empire. And it dealt a lot with like the trauma of her past deaths because they talk about when she was, uh, she was uh, shot at at, at the beginning in Savage She-Hulk number one. Right. Uh, They talked about when she was killed in civil war two. And then they talked about this death and empire and how each time she visited the place with the green door uh, from immortal Hulk. And, you know, they're, uh, they're talking, uh, she's talking to uh, Bruce's dad uh, or whatever's posing as Bruce's dad, yeah. the, uh, Brian Banner. And she's like what the hell, you know, I I was an Avenger, I saved people and I died and now I'm in hell and and Bruce's dad is like, "Oh no, this is not hell. This is the place underneath. Uh this is way worse." <laughs> um but it, that's neither here nor there. In that issue there it is a scene where uh it's the uh, immediate aftermath after her gunshot wound Uh, where Bruce is going to give her the um, blood transfusion to save her life. And he's talking to her and it is very obviously Joe fix it. Oh yeah. They don't come out and say it, but it's Joe fix it. Yeah. Uh, And uh, like, I just love that idea that like whatever the situation calls for banner checks out, somebody else checks back in and it doesn't have anything to do with him
2: transforming. If you don't know, Joe Fixit it was the gray Hulk that popped up yes, for a the, while. The the right, Las Vegas bouncer.
0: Right. Um and one but, one of the other things I was gonna say about that was um a few weeks back they had this like issue zero of Immortal Hulk. And it it drew a, a lot of it I think was reprints from I don't know if it was from like the eighties or nineties or where it showed uh, like the childhood of Bruce Banner, and you yeah. know honestly, like I'm not so read on on the older stuff, so I did not realize just how profoundly messed up his childhood was and yeah. how profoundly awful his his father was, and that his father was convinced he was the devil and the demon and and you know all this awful stuff and it and you realize oh right, you're like him turning into the hulk because of the gamma right like. Right. The Hulk was already there. And, you know, I guess the idea, I, I suppose, and it's it's such a clever idea, I hadn't really thought about it before, is that the gamma radiation wouldn't necessarily affect everybody the way that it affected Bruce Banner. Like, right. you know, like they show the various other people that you're like, well, Jennifer Walters, most of the time she's like the fun fourth wall breaking She-Hulk yeah. or, you know, like Leonard Sampson is not always monstrous, you know, or, or whatever. They're just like, oh, no, no, that, that's Bruce. That's not, you know. Gamma necessarily. Yeah, so it's, I, I it's thought personality that driven. an interesting idea. It's so
3: sometimes cool. you become a bomb. Yeah, who knows? <laughs>
2: right. Other times you become uh, Amadeus Cho Hulk, like good looking, hair yeah, slicked yeah, back. You know. like, I'll sleep with anybody.
0: You know? <laughs> he's a teenager. Right. <laughs> Right. You know, it's just sort of I mean I guess it's like you know, it's like when you become an inhuman. Like sometimes you're just like yourself, just with powers, and other times you're like, Oh, Gorgon now I have you know <laughs> <laughs> right. stuff coming I out. I have of me goat legs you know, whatever. <laughs>
3: you so you know Sometimes you turn into a giant doorway.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? I mean other times you just turn into a giant teleporting dog, I guess. You know, yeah, this right? shit happens. Yeah, so. <laughs> Frank, it's really good to talk to you. That's James, Frank. It, Sorry, James. I know it's really we were good just to talk to you. To Frank. I just looked at Frank's right. thing. James, it's right. really maybe good to Frank talk to is, you, man. Is
0: Frank is maybe my gamma alter ego. I, I don't know. Could, could be.
2: oh no, could be.
0: Oh no. <laughs> 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 All right, good to talk to you guys. All right, buddy. Talk to you a good later, one.
2: James. Bye. Right. Calling people, Frank. All right, Brian Domingos has been waiting very patiently. You are unmuted, sir, Mr. Domingos. How are you today?
6: Good. I've been spending the last I don't know half an hour imagining um, multiverse um, murderous Joe Patrick's just just plotting together to, uh, to finish you off.
2: <laughs> it's a whole storyline we're working on for our, you can't, our, prove, our, it the, the you can't prove
6: it isn't happening. The greater THN
2: multiverse.
6: Uh, Joe, yeah, to, to the go, the good Joe Patrick. Uh, just be careful. I, I, you know, there, there's always those altered those evil alternates. Yeah, um, yeah, you got
3: to watch out for the Earth Three Joe Patrick. <laughs>
6: um yeah he has both his arms you know like yeah he he, he, he does he's he's he's, he's double
2: dangerous Um, yes
3: i like to i like to think i like to think that the earth x joe patrick is a freedom fighter and not a nazi though i we haven't met yet
2: oh that guy's totally a nazi you know he is you know he is yeah
6: no that no it's one of those like that's that's like an eternal truth through all of the um the multiverses that like joe patrick is never a nazi thank you thank you um I so, that. um, I, I had a couple of things to talk about, but one, the, just the quick answer, um, of the week is the, um, we've talked about the Bruce, Tim, um, stuff. And there was a, an article about for the 20th anniversary, 25th anniversary of Batman, the animated series, um, on, uh, it's 13 dimensions.com. They did an interview with Kevin Nolan Ooh, oh, cool. He, he's the one who did the initial designs for all the characters. Um, yeah. and then sort of like, awesome streamlined everything. And then Bruce him figured out how to animate and do all that stuff. But, um, like, it's really just amazing how much work they, that show did to like streamline the characters for the last 25 years. Um, because yeah. if you think about like how, Awful like in, in the in Mike Magnola was responsible for the redesign of uh Mr. Freeze, which is so like iconic and perfect, and yeah. you know, it's just like that's the one in our you know, most people's heads. And the same with Clayface and like um Man Bat and uh um, those are the Nolan ones, and like there's that infamous story, the Alan Moore story with Clayface. I think it's like Clayface three, where he's in like the um it's a classic story. He's, he's in love with a, um, a man, a mannequin at a mall. Yes. Um, oh my God. And like, but it's like, it's the clay face, like in a jar, like it's a mess. And like, what, like
2: clayface? Yeah. Is the one with the cape and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
6: It's so, it's so stupid and so terrible. And like, but the cartoon was just like, here's the right one. It was like, Batman and annual and, number and,
2: 11 is what it was.
6: It and, that, and that's a great classic, weird Alan Moore story. And um but like for the cartoon to just take all these characters that have been around at that point for um what 50 years in some cases and yeah, just like minimum. figure out the the basics of like this is what this needs to look like and this is what how that works and um they're just amazing. Um Well and it's like and
3: the, you know it the animated series did such a great job not even I don't this isn't even in terms of like the character designs this is uh they condensed Oh, all of the best elements of characters like Clayface specifically, who had way too convoluted of a backstory. Definitely. How are there three Clayfaces? Oh, there's more than
2: that.
3: Sure, but I mean, there's like like four or five. (laughs) And so they're like, no, he's Matt Hagen. He's the actor. He fell. He 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 had the accident with the chemicals, or I forget the origin, but like he turned into a clay monster. Tragic story, yes. Clayface, simple, easy, perfect.
2: I just want to show you a picture yeah. of Preston Payne, mm-hmm. who was your Clayface three, who was Clayface <laughs> in a jar. This, oh my god! Because we, we're talking about redesigns and stuff for animation, but this is so terrible.
6: <laughs> it's it's ter- so they, bad. They, yeah, they, look at the, this. the cartoon. Just like re- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so embarrassing. Like what a oh disaster! My god. Like, that stuff is so bad. Like, does that look like a clay face? No. Yeah, like, and I think look... wasn't his
3: deal was that he turned like he didn't even, he wasn't even a clay. He didn't even really have clay face powers. He like
2: melted people. Right. He like turned people into goo. He was suffering from there... hyper perpetualism, I guess. I don't know. Hyper well, I don't know
6: what there, there was one version yep, just... and it might've been even further than that because in the, the, the first appearance of, um, Cameron chase is in a Batman issue. Yes, um, and she and there's a t- there's like a baby clay face, like a little tiny thing, and it's like one where like the clay face can like basically like take your features, like a human's features, and like mix them up. Yeah, like, kind of like yeah, putty. Yeah. Um, and it was some kind of gross, and yeah, and that I mean that's got Kelly Jones and um J. H. Williams art, you know, split between the issue, and it's beautiful. There's a yeah, it's like a that big that anniversary
3: too. issue, if I recall, like.
2: It was like five fifty or something. Five fifty,
3: yeah, one of those. Yeah,
2: Um, Sandra Fuller, she was a female (laughs) clayface,
6: right? Yeah, so the card, yeah, the the, Joe, you're so right. Like it's like Matt Hagen, actor, done. Like none of the Basil stuff, not like the other. It, they just, and and I, you know, and to to see the, it sort of just like took over what it should be, like what the what the character should be at this point, yeah, and like and. You know, and it went on for another twenty
2: years. You're stealing so many- my answer, by I the totally way. That you're totally stealing my answer. Was going to be Clayface specifically because that bef- I, I- there were so many dumb designs for that character. If you go back and look, like there was Melty Face, Clayface. There was Clayface in a jar. There, you know, like really, that Bruce Tim, big bulky Mud Man looking Kevin Nolan thing. That will always be my favorite. And, yeah, and made uh, like there are that very character few characters, so cool.
3: There are very few Batman characters uh, where I don't picture the animated version when I close my eyes. I think maybe like Killer Croc is one of the only ones.
2: Well I, I well, I didn't,
3: I didn't, I never really loved that animated Killer Croc I, I, that was one yeah, that they
2: that definitely was, missed on. Yeah, yeah.
6: well, Steve, that, that's one that in that in the interview is really good because it's it's pretty long for you know an interview with about kind of old stuff and and Nolan talks like that's like one of his favorites because it's just so like. And, and you and there's just that drawing and he's kind of like slack jawed and it's like yeah i get it like because he's not some you know like he's not some mutated thing he's just like a he's like a deformity like he's just a guy he's right. like a hillbilly who, right. who who like just grew up with like this this skin thing and he's a mess and you know he's been a abuse his entire life mentally and emotionally and all that stuff. And and he's just got that like the the jaw like wide open and, you know, and I just remember like, you know, I threw a rock at him, you know, how he, how he, you know, he's the one that got Batman that time or by throwing a rock at him and
2: yeah, you know, and they're like, that's a a different version. That That is a different um, version. I was looking for the, that was like where he like, kind of looked like a snake guy. yeah it's like the the blue one um, yeah he
3: is like a pale blue. blue, blue
2: yeah right I'm
3: looking he's he's hilarious. Um, uh, you know I, and like I, I think that uh, uh you know that yeah oh, there he is there he is. Um, that's something that I wish uh comics uh, Hollywood and to a lesser extent comics would kind of like ease up on. it's like the penguin the peng- they call him the penguin as an insult. And he's embraced it and used it as fuel to become this crime lord. No, 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 no. He's got flippers and he eats raw fish and he has fangs. And he's in love with a bird. (laughs) Don't do that shit. Please don't do that shit. Uh, Like when Killer Croc was introduced in the late 70s, early 80s, it's exactly as Brian described. He was just a guy with a really unfortunate skin condition.
2: And he was a pro wrestler.
3: Yeah, he was tough as nails. Uh, He was like a sideshow freak. And, uh, and, and yeah, and that's where it should have, that's what made him almost cool and scary. But no, somewhere along the line, we had to be like, no, he's an actual crocodile man. Right. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, all right, I don't know if I need that.
2: It definitely yeah, it definitely lost something. I do think the Clayface redesign was so good and you don't see it very often where they redesign something for the cartoon that makes its way back into the comics. And because like before that, like I said, Clayface sucked. He was kind of a dumb character. And that redesign snuck back into the Batman comics and he became one of my favorite Batman villains. Oh.
6: Yeah, and it, it lasted a long time and and um it, it's it's Yeah, they're so good. Like those the 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 interview has all the sketches, like the original sketches that he did of the characters, and they're like perfect. I can't think he
2: nailed every one of them. Is there another case of that that you can even think of? Like a character that was whatever, and then they redesigned it for the animated series, and he was kind of a hit, and then they took that animated version and put it back in the comics. I can't think of another case of that.
6: I mean, you'd, um, have to, you'd have to find a character that was that well-designed. You know, like, it's, it would, that, certainly no one from, like, the X-Men animated right. series. Like, yeah. they were all... It
2: would, <laughs> it would definitely
3: be more Bruce Timm stuff. Like, I remember them adopting that whole Brainiac Three Dots thing. Yeah. From the animated series
2: into the comics. Yeah. But wasn't that um, Brainiac Three Dots thing? Isn't that, like, Golden Age stuff?
3: No, he had, like, a... Um, he had, like, a... Um, almost, like, a, a lattice work.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, of
3: like circuitry on his on his. Yeah, head. yeah, yeah. He wore he like more, he wore, he like a spaghetti like strainer robot. with like
2: stuff glued to it, like Rick Moranis. Yeah, no. he and like, Ghostbusters, like Robot <laughs> Sinestro. Yeah,
3: yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Essentially, um, but yeah, no, the the like the three dots with the with the single like line linking them or whatever that that was very specifically uh, introduced in Superman the animated series, as I recall. And I know that it wormed its way into the comics. And I know that like every character named Brainiac has adopted it since.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
3: Um, I know that for a long, like the, the post zero hour version of Brainiac five from the Legion had that like symbol on his forehead for the entire run. Um, But yeah. So if there, if there are more cases like that to be made, it's almost certainly Bruce Tim's fault.
2: Yeah. I can't think of any, like certainly not a Marvel (sighs) example certainly not in fact i think when it comes down to it like dc wins the cartoon game there's no question they win hands down oh yeah for sure even like their newer animated like movies or specials or whatever they were that have now been canned are not great but better than any of the marvel animated stuff i've ever seen way better
6: (laughs) so i i've been watching the because i didn't watch them um I tried earlier and I gave up and this was years ago, but the like the Marvel Netflix TV shows. Yeah. Um, I bailed on daredevil like early on. Um, and I bailed on Jessica Jones and I didn't bother watching any of the rest of them, but this, over the last two weeks, like I kind of, I kind of ran out of stuff. So I was like, what should I watch? Yeah. Yeah. It's a real problem these days. (laughs) It is like, you know, and especially where it's like, there's stuff like, you know, I've got the stuff that I watch with my wife, which is an endlessly long list. And then it's just like, I just need stuff to kill time. Um, and so I jumped into Jessica Jones season two, um, which was endlessly long. Um, it was too long. It was good, but it was too long.
3: I don't remember a damn thing about it.
6: It's it's all it's her like super powered mom and it's like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Oh, but right. it made me go back and read. I'm like halfway through the Alias Omnibus now and remembering like how good it was and yeah. how like I wish Bendis wrote like that again. Yeah. Um.
2: But uh, what did you guys think of the Defenders miniseries? It was garbage. Um. It was garbage. It, it was better than Iron Fist. It was better than Iron Fist. It was still garbage. I we should have been. Avengers level excited when we got those characters together in a TV show and it was so, I mean like dial it down to TV, you know, but like as excited as we were for the movies to do that, we should have been that excited for this to happen in the TV show. And it was so forgettable and just meh. And it took everything that I loved about like the Luke Cage show, the Daredevil show, the Jessica Jones show and what I did not love about Iron Fist, and they tried to boil it down so we can all make them like, oh, yeah, the, this would be something snappy that they do in their show. And they're doing it right now. They're all a little more than they were in their own shows. So they all stand out. And it just like it never came together. The story was dumb. It it, it was a failure. It just sucked. it's an, like it's another
3: it's another example of just me not remembering anything about it. Like I remember. Did you finish it, Brian? I did, yes. Okay. Um, the only thing I remember about the Defenders is that uh, Daredevil dies or is presumed
2: dead? He was presumed
3: dead, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and they find, and then there is a giant fossilized dragon <laughs> at the yep. end. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm like, I, all, right, I'm, all right, great. We're never going to, this is never going to pay off.
2: <laughs> right. And I think they got to a point where Netflix is like, yeah, this, we're... Fuck it. You know what? Roll with it. Go with it. Yeah. Giant dragon thing. Do it. And like,
3: it's a (laughs) shame because like, I (laughs) I genuinely love, I genuinely loved, uh, Daredevil. I genuinely loved Jessica Jones. And I agree. Like the second season was not great. I never even finished the third.
2: I love Luke Cage. I loved it.
3: I I love Luke Cage, even though it made a huge mistake by switching villains halfway through. Uh, in season one, I it still was terrible disagree with
2: that, but whatever. Terrible decision. <laughs>
3: uh, you look, hey, we've got Mahershala
2: Ali on our show. He I to, know what to do. He had to go. I'm sure he had movie roles, whatever. Regardless, he uh, set up Black yeah. Mariah for all that stuff that happens in the next season. It was great. Yeah, he was It was really now.
6: good. Yeah. So I, I could not. I kind of like started looking in. Um, I got. I realized watching season two of daredevil that I had watched like five episodes and didn't remember a goddamn thing. Like there left no impact on me. So I, yeah, I,
3: yeah.
6: I watched it. So as I, I kind of got through it and kind of suffered through it. Cause I didn't, I like the electric actress is just not doing it for me. And so no, I didn't love her. I didn't love her. And so I just, no. I, I thought didn't, she was fine. Like I didn't, but I didn't it. love her. She just, she was fine, but she wasn't like, but they all kind of like, grew on me as it went on and it also like even though my my reading pile is two feet tall i said i kept i have to go get like the bendis daredevil stuff like it makes me want to read more like good <laughs> yeah, daredevil i loved stuff. it yeah, yeah. Um, I, I sincerely and-
2: hope now that marvel has all this stuff back under their roof they, there was that talk of them doing like more adult kind of stuff on hulu that is a perfect place for daredevil it's a perfect place for luke cage it's a pre- all these street level heroes see I, it's a the perfect pro- place those, to do it.
6: the hulu stuff is like that hellstrom show looks like such a disaster oh yeah and oh and effect. you know what that's that's out like now yeah, that's yeah, coming, coming out up. like
3: soon like friday yeah, like, yeah, friday. Of yeah, of like next yeah, week yeah, i think
6: no. <laughs> it looks it looks horrendously stupid and i'm like what do, it's like yeah it, it looks so dumb and awful and um and i thought i actually thought devenders was pretty good um, I thought f- I liked that it was eight episodes. I thought the the, the it was mercifully was short. short. Yeah, yeah that's what that. I, I remember. Was short, about it. Which is good. Um, the dragon bone thing shows up like I think in episode seven or yeah six or something. Um, I realized that those shows relied too much on fighting. Yeah, where I like to see it, but like I don't need. I don't need a seven minute fight scene. Like I just don't because at some point it gets boring. Like, I would argue you, though it.
2: it works for like the daredevil show because you were showing what Matt was going through and what he was doing to himself again and again and again. And like that well, like pays off in the character shouldn't... realizing I can't, this can't continue. Like, like this isn't going to work
6: where they were, you know, they do like the, um, the Garth Ennis, Steve Dillon, thing from Punisher where he he's got like the gun taped to his hand and he's like you got to yeah, shoot yeah. me if you want to stop which is like a classic you know Punisher scene um then so Matt takes him out and then goes down the stairs and it's it's like an 11 minute scene of him punching bikers down <laughs> a staircase know, yeah. and it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, like it's, it's, it's 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 just like at some point like they almost look <clears> bored <throat> where he's just I, like all right now I gotta do more. It's like you don't. You don't <laughs> yeah, have to do I more. love And like, like, that the, the
3: blame <laughs> the blame on that falls squarely on the hype behind the hallway fight in Daredevil season one. Yeah, that people could not shut up about. Right, they were like, yeah. "Oh my god, this is the most amazing fight scene I've ever seen on television." And every single Marvel Netflix show tried to replicate it for the remainder of its tenure on that network. <laughs> yeah,
6: it was it was too much. So, did you watch yeah. The Punisher, yeah, Brian? Brian? Um, I've watched the first. I I sort of got. I was tired of The Punisher by the end of the season. I watched the first one of the his own thing. Um, like I literally can't believe that there's two seasons of The Punisher, um, two seasons of Iron Fist. When did that happen? Yeah. I'm not sure wait there was a second season of iron Fist. oh yeah Mm -hmm. yep holy shit i watched that how that's what i mean (laughs) so this is this is part of the thing is that like i'm watching these things years after the fact and kind of like i mean i'm watching them quickly but sort of taking my time but like if when they came out on a friday and the thing where people would watch 13 episodes overnight yeah and be like this is the greatest thing i've ever seen it's like by episode 10 you don't know you have no idea like, you, you, everything is 10 hours in the middle it's of the night. It's a blur. Yeah. No, it's a blur. You <laughs> yeah. have no idea. So, like, you see the ratings on, on, like, IMDb where it's like, this episode's a nine. It's like, oh, fuck you. It's not even, it's a, it's a seven at best. Like, but they, how would they know? <laughs> like, they don't know. They, they think I loved it's it. True. It's true. Like, Take your time. Like, it's like, yeah. did you like that cake? You ate the whole cake in five minutes. You have no idea if you liked it or not. Like, you didn't like, enjoy it. You just consumed it. You like you I understand you're excited to watch it but maybe
3: watch one per day instead of one per hour. Well
2: don't even worry I'm- about like the public should never be allowed to rate anything <laughs> quite honestly.
6: Like, I, can, I can see like two a night, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah. Exactly. Even yeah. three, like, you know, you know,
2: that also goes the opposite way though. Time. Where like the boys, for example, which is at like a hundred percent. And they're like, here's the first two episodes of people like, you're not giving it all to me. Zero, zero percent, zero. I hate it. It's the worst thing ever. I can't wait for the next one.
6: Zero, zero, zero.
2: <laughs> I can't even like, there
6: were some scenes in uh, like the Punisher when he's in break, he's doing like that jail massacre scene and it's like I loved it. There's there's so much blood yeah. and like squelching and I'm like, I don't need it. I don't, it. It. I, don't yes. I get it. I get it.
2: I get it. <laughs> See, I, I loved read,
6: it. <laughs> I've read hundreds of Punisher comics. I get it. I don't need to see him like jiggling the screwdriver on a guy's neck. Like I know <laughs> if you want to show him, well, he's got to remember
3: righty tighty lefty loose. I loved it. <laughs>
6: he, he ends that with like the only thing on his face that's white is his eyelids because his eyes were open when the blood fell
2: off. Oh, I right. It. So he, yes, he, he was like covered his like, literally covered in blood. Now they lifted that from a couple different, like, uh, Asian, like recent Asian Kung Fu things. But there were a bunch of guys that worked on those shows that came from those same like fight choreography studios. So I was gross. fine with it. It's disgusting. Totally it's fine so with it. so gross. I love gore. So. <laughs> so. Uh,
6: and, then, and then in the first, yeah, his episode, uh, it just, it's like, I've got enough Frank Castle. It's enough. Oh, see, like, I loved like, it because it
2: instantly, like for me, the Punisher is not a good guy. The Punisher is a monster. The Punisher is a yeah, psychopath. he's a villain. And that is I the story. That. And that's I, what I, I that. was so happy to see them like say, no, <laughs> we're not going to give him a cute kid and Rebecca Romaine Stamos, the hot No, except they you know, did waitress. in the first
3: season. They're like, yeah, he's the Punisher. He's tough as nails. He's, you know, he's trying to lay low and build a life for himself. And he's not interested in your problems except for you. Weird computer programmer guy with a hot wife that the Frank later wants to fuck. Well, yeah, but then like, he
6: quickly no, learns that that's that's, out that's of a town big problem and he can't
2: do it. So
6: it was microchip, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like man. Too You're talking about that, microchip. Also, <laughs> he's he's gonna bludgeon eight guys with a with a giant like demo mallet. It's like enough, <laughs> enough, like a little bit is fine. I don't, I'm not like squeamish of like leg breaking i mean a little bit after
2: the 15th leg break but like oh not me man i want leg break 20 leg break 40 i
1: don't
6: know i just i like it it, it's too much on on camera like brutality it's like it doesn't make it it doesn't add anything it doesn't add anything well i have a feeling more i have a feeling we're never going to
2: see the punisher like in TV or movies again. I think they had that experiment and it's gone and there's a lot of bad publicity for things like guns and... Uh, violence against, you know, oh, like you mean, police, uh, police in the other way. Yeah, Castle? yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah not, exactly. I don't yeah. think yeah. we're Disney ever gonna see gonna it again. Do that again. Which yeah. that is not the Punisher's fault. You want a fundamental misunderstanding of the Punisher oh, yeah, make him a police mascot. Because that's perfect. Oh, yeah. Because the Punisher always loved the cops, right? No, the Punisher killed <laughs> cops too. The Punisher was a murderer that thought justice didn't work, so he picked up a gun and went to murder people. That is not a symbol of the police, unless you're talking about the police that pick up guns and go murder people but they're a problem you know <laughs> so, yeah just, how
6: many uh, times has, has frank killed a cop who's like selling drugs right you right, know like yeah. he like, got no problem he's doing he's not that.
2: gonna hesitate it's he's like well this guy's on the side of the law all mm-hmm. right brian we got to get some more stuff here it's good to talk to you man always i'm gonna mute you brother thanks brian we need to get to uh our calls and our voicemails but thank you to everybody that played along today We will, of course, have a new question for you, but you got to download the show to hear it. That's just how it works. If you want to play along, you're always welcome to join us Saturday mornings like you guys did. We love hearing from new people. We love hearing from old people. It's just a good way to catch up and touch base in this weird COVID nightmare that we're living in. What can you do? Here we are. Oh, David Robbins just raised his hand. Let's, Let's let David Robbins talk real quick. He just raised his hand.
1: I'm sorry. I would have raised my hand earlier. I didn't realize that that was a necessary function. (laughs) That's okay. That's how we do it. That's how I know you want to talk. Otherwise, (laughs) I think you're just just hanging out. Like to
2: watch, David. Dave, what do you want to rap about today? Like to watch.
1: Some some people pay extra for that, Joe. It's true. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um. So, just a couple quick things. I got the answer to the question of the week. Um, Obviously, uh, Batman: The Animated Series. Um, obvious answer. The Bruce Tim designs on all that are amazing. Um, Clayface, like you guys mentioned. Yeah. Although I am really enjoying the Clayface version that we get on the Harley Quinn animated series um, where he is this <laughs> absolutely yes. 150% yes. overacting ham. <laughs> is just, it is uh, amazing.
3: Alan Tudyk, um, Alan Tudyk uh, does double duty. He plays the Joker and Clayface. Oh, nice. Yep. And, uh, um, and he is outstanding.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, not and, and just going off of that, um, Ron Funches as King Shark is amazing. Um, it's I love so, him ridiculous. so much. It's great. Um, and, and for Batman animated series, um, I Mister Freeze. Like yeah. I was, I was thirteen yeah. when, when animated uh, came out in the first place. And the only real interaction or contact I had with Mister Freeze was Batman sixty six. So like to see. The Michael Ansara voicing this just robot looking yeah. Mr. Freeze. He's terrifying. Amazing. And then they moved it into the comics and that's the Mr. Freeze that we have now. Absolutely. That's what we, that's what we think of when we say Mr. Freeze. And we yeah. just heard a little um, bit ago,
2: Mike Mignola that
1: like drew, like came up with that original design and gave it to yeah. him. Like, there you go. I mean, heart heart of ice is like almost 22 minutes of perfect animation. Yeah it's amazing it's, it's wonderful it's absolutely wonderful Totally um, agree going off of that i said i put a picture in the chat a while back um about mid-90s when not mid-90s because buffy didn't come out till 97 but like early 2000s they were they were piloting a buffy animated series where the designs looked very very similar to the batman animated I series totally forgot about yeah that. it yeah. was
3: very bruce tim-esque
1: yeah, very, very much so, and I would have liked to see where that went. The the pilot for that is uh, is all over YouTube and stuff, and all of the actors were going to voice except for uh, SMG. I don't know what she, why she didn't, but um, Allison Hannigan, It's probably Nichols too expensive. Brandon, I would did. guess they'd be like, oh, sorry, we can't afford her. <laughs> it's, it's probably it. That's yeah. probably it. But everybody else was was going to voice their characters, and it was it was great. Um, and you're seeing something similar to that in. The Boom Studios um, Buffy comics now. Yeah, you're you're seeing a little like it's it's obviously it's different because they've they've modernized it for current setting and current timeline. But you're seeing a little bit of that aesthetic creep in, which is great. As much as I love the the Dark Horse books, you never really could tell which male characters were which unless it was Xander, Angel, and Giles. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. everybody else, like they like Riley and Oz were hard to tell apart. And it, it just, it got very, very fuzzy. When Which you're is to wild. Your... How do
3: you get that wrong? <laughs> very much so. Very much so. Um,
1: but like those, those answers are like, those images are great. And when I, when I think of Mr. Freeze, I think of that. When I think of Clayface, I think of animated, you know, those are yeah, absolutely. 100 Totally. Those designs. Um, another quick little tidbit. Uh, I know we we're getting uh, WandaVision before the end of the year and we've had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and stuff and we've got Hellstrom and all that but 2020 is going to be the first year without an MCU film since 2009 between Incredible Hulk and Iron Man 2. Wow. Well, I think you can safely say
2: it doesn't count because we're not going to look at 2020 in the history books. There's just going to be an asterisk after. Yeah, like 2019. I said a few weeks ago, it'll be <laughs> like, like a building without like, a half floor. It'll yeah. just be
1: like <laughs> it just didn't happen. We went from 2019
3: yeah. to 2021. I don't know what happened there.
1: Yeah. I I've constantly referring to it as with my friends as the year without a Santa Claus. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> you know, It's just it's, it's everything. Good. Everything is screwed up. You know, like people are fa- like trick or treating is a weird thing this year. How are you going to maintain social distance when you're trying to give out candy? I've seen people tape candy bars to chopsticks and, le- or, uh, uh, be- uh Grand, uh, skewers and putting them in their yard, letting people take them. The the PVC <laughs> tubes were there six feet long. Yeah, I've seen the shops All that kind of stuff. And like Halloween, everybody needs to have a costume with a mask this year. So lots of sub zeros and scorpions. And, there you go. You know, Mr. Freezes, that, Winter Soldiers, Mr. Freezes, Winter Soldiers, all that <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff this year. <laughs> totally. Everything yeah. that can have a mask. You yeah. Know?
3: Absolutely. My idea. Yeah. Uh, my my ideal candy dispersal mechanism. Catapult.
1: Uh, trebuchet. Cat, a,
3: yeah. Candy put trebuchet. A,
2: a, I like it. Candy trebuchet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Put a put a trebuchet in your in your backyard. You know, like angle it right. Just. Yell at the kids from the front door. It's like, just stand at the edge of the driveway. It's coming.
1: Yeah. I'm going to go and dirigible. Then, uh, I, I, I got another friend who's who's uh, saying they're like, they're going to be in their yard with like a tub full of uh, water balloons with signs at increasing distance saying say, stay back, maintain distance, maintain distance. And if you don't maintain distance, you get a water balloon. <laughs>
2: That's uh, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. I kind of like that.
1: <laughs> so all right. but then uh, all of a
3: sudden we have a safe. pneumonia
2: pandemic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, I don't know. It's still, yeah. Although the weather is still screwed up, it's getting cold here in Wisconsin. COVID's yeah, already so. spiking
2: here in Nebraska, big time. But we're not paying any attention to it because our governor's done with it. So don't worry about it, kids.
1: Of course, <laughs> we're fine. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Good to talk anyway, to you, David. We're gonna we're, get to our voicemails gonna, and whatnot. Be safe. We're not gonna get political. Be safe, guys. All right, brother. You too, buddy. Bye. Joe Patrick. Let's get to our answers. Now, I already said Clayface was mine, obviously. But nobody really went into the worst. Uh. I have an answer for the worst. And it was so easy, I didn't even have to think about it. It was (laughs) the Joker from yep. the return of the Batman animated series just called The Batman. Yep, Juggalo they, Joker. They took the Joker, they gave him green dreads, they put him in those ridiculous Juggalo striped pants that are real baggy. He batty. had like
3: Junko jeans on. Oh my
2: God. And then he returned in that Brave and the Bold series, but they were making fun of it at least. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that was far and away the absolute worst like, modernization of a character and by the way the insane clown posse were they still around sure but they were nowhere near like the height of their power at that point it's not like you were grabbing the zeitgeist by the throat and giving us like the joker we demanded or something (laughs) i don't understand what they were going for it was terrible Absolutely uh, terrible. Sounds
3: like somebody hasn't been to a gathering of the juggalos recently.
2: I never will. Absolutely not. Nope. You could not force me. So,
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely my answer for least favorite number one with a bullet. Again, like you, I did not even have to think about it God it was terrible. when Frank, when Frank asked which redesign was a failure, I was like, Oh, the Joker, the juggalo Joker. Yeah. No, 100% question. without no question. like, there's no
2: question. How do you get a character so wrong? Yeah. I mean like the Batman that they used in that series looked really good. Like they didn't He's, he was fine. They didn't do anything like inherently wrong with the Batman. He looked cool. All the stuff was there. He was a little pointier and sort of I manga mean, you know, inspired, that, but that whatever. Was, that
3: was the they were kind of trying to recapture um the whole like toy sale mentality behind yeah. cartoons or it's like oh yeah this Batman's got gadgets and you can find one just like it at Walmart. Yeah. Uh, And uh, yeah, they even had like a name, like uh, the bat wave. It was the, it was the whatever energy that powered all of his bat tech. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, okay. Uh, Yeah. No, this like you've gone away from what you did. Right. And now you're just being, Cynical about it, whatever.
2: I was just uh, talking about the like the raw image design of the character.
3: No, no, I get it. I just like that show rubbed me the wrong way. It was the a joke. bad
2: show, it was a very bad show,
3: and the Joker was the worst part of it. Um, for me, my favorite I, I think it's very easy to say Batman, uh, like specifically Batman, uh, of all of the animated series characters because it, it is a perfect distillation of every iconic feature of Batman from all time. Right. Uh, you know, it's like, he, he's got the trunks, but he's also not like bright blue. Yeah. You he know, was, he's, he's got the huge black bat, but not a bright yellow oval. So it's like, um, it's a melding of, of all of these iconic eras. He's got the utility belt, you know, but it's not real pouchy. It's like got the little capsule thingies on it. Right. um, and so, like, yeah, when I close my eyes and I think of Batman, it's that version of Batman that I think about. But if, you know, if I am going to try to settle on
6: a, a character that is maybe not so easy, um, I think I'm going to go with the Penguin
3: from that series because I don't really, like, bear in mind, Batman, the animated series, came out in 1992, and uh, I don't really remember the idea of the Penguin kind of getting away from this laughable Burgess Meredith trick umbrella top hat bank robber nonsense. Yeah, and being like, no, he's just a cunning, shrewd. Well, I mean, Jim- illicit businessman like the kingpin.
2: But Jim Aparo and those guys kind of like brought the Penguin out of that. Um, they definitely did. I- I know that they embraced that in the comics, but I don't know where it started. I mean, that would have been '80s, though. I mean, I'm talking.
3: I can't, I man. I can't think of one penguin story
2: from the 1980s. Really, not one. I would have to really look into that, but I feel like that was before. I mean, I don't disagree. They made the Penguin a much more like impressive and realistic bat villain. Like I could see this character like doing something and then. And... well yeah i mean and he he had he
3: had the exaggerated features you know he had the crooked pointy nose and he was squat and fat and like he but he wasn't he also wasn't the danny devito mutant right right you know that bit off fish heads um so i mean Maybe maybe it started in the comics earlier, but for me, it
2: definitely did. I'm looking at images here. It definitely did. That, I mean, he was that, still that version the of the penguin, guy, like,
3: he was still that, that version, a version of, of the penguin, is stuff. like where I came to love that, like truly love that character that in that interpretation, right? Uh, and so, I mean, that goes beyond just the physical design, but uh, you know, it, also the way they they wrote him and presented his story. Um, But yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just another example of how Batman, the animated series got almost everything right. Right. In terms of presenting these characters for a wider audience.
2: Oh no, without a doubt, without a doubt. It's a fun story. This is a fun one to talk about too, because I loved this guy, loved this, uh, this question a lot. It seems like there is, there should be no lack of fantastic comic book cartoons, but there is a serious lack of fantastic comic book cartoons, and I don't get it. I don't understand <laughs> like, why can't we just animate some of the stuff that we know is great and do it the right way, even when they try, like when more recently when d c like tried to start saying like, "All right, we're gonna grab some beloved." you know, DC stories and animate them like the death of Superman or like, uh, the killing joke or whatever. They always put this weird slant on it. That was like, it's a little different because this happens or whatever. Like Batman's making out with Batgirl in this episode. Like, what are we doing? Why? I don't get it. I don't understand at it all. It's too bad. It's too damn bad.
3: All right. So I'm looking at his Wikipedia thing here and it says, um, all of this stuff about uh, the penguin, you know, pretending to be a legitimate businessman with the casino, the iceberg lounge, and all that—that um, that happened after John Paul Valley was Batman, which would have been during the time of Batman the animated series. Fair enough. So no, like, he may have been more of like a a a, a, a crooked crime lord or whatever. Well,
2: I, I was looking at like, the images from the '80s, and they definitely took that fat. You know, co- you know, uh, Cobblepot character with the pointy nose and stuff, and boiled him down into the animated penguin.
3: Well, I mean, he always looked like that, you yeah. know, with the with the uh, like he they always they always used to draw him like in a tuxedo, you know, Get right. it, He's a penguin, yeah. Um, so he wore the ridiculous blue tuxedo, and he would fly away on a on an umbrella helicopter. Sure, sure. And <laughs> so um he had but sex yeah. with birds. <laughs> yeah, you know, the dude totally <laughs> married a married a a penguin. Yeah. Uh we're not gonna discuss it any further. But yeah, but like Batman, Bruce Tim, Paul Dini those guys, they killed it. They Absolutely. killed it. Uh it was a like a once in a lifetime collection of talent with Mike Magnola and totally. uh uh Kevin Nolan. And they created a legacy
2: that lasted Danny you know, almost 30 Elfman years. doing the music and stuff. Like, oh, my God. It, that yeah. show was amazing. And,
3: and there's a reason why DC Animation keeps going back to that well.
2: Right. We'll because see if it they, works. We'll see if they do and, it again because they just fired everybody in their animated group. So, <laughs> hey-o. <laughs> All right, All right. New question of the week. Let's get this done.
3: All right. Well, this week's question was submitted by us. And I was struggling to remember. So, correct me if I got it wrong. Okay. What are your This was inspired by Frank's question But we decided to stick uh, Specifically to the animated uh, For this week But Matt had the idea What are your favorite And least favorite Comic book costume redesigns Yes
2: Yes That was the question
3: So we're you know We're talking about the obvious Like Spidey getting the black costume Sure
2: The iconic uh, Black Superman costume (laughs) <laughs> Electric blue, Superman, you yeah. know, Superman red, Superman blue, you get it. So best and worst redesigns of iconic characters. Don't come at us with like, oh man, that time that like Boomerang got, like they took the Boomerang on, on his head and stuff. Like, yeah, that was dumb. We get it. No. No. I mean like Yeah, I remember stuff. in Web of Spider Man
3: one hundred where Spider Man came up with a special webbing and he made Iron Man armor out right. of it. Right,
2: like no, no, that's not yeah, a that redesign. That lasted one issue, not right. even a whole issue. A redesign is a thing. Like they said this is gonna be a thing. Here it is, everybody. This is who you're dealing with now. And they were around we'll say for at least six months agreed
3: yeah you know when they're when they were like hey we are, we're putting captain america in tactical gear now right. because the movies are cool
2: and if it's one storyline that was six months and it stopped counts but it will say i want six issues it needed to have happened basically anything less than that is just like whatever that was a freak thing
3: captain america super armor from
2: the 90s yeah. got it Oof. <laughs> <That>. <laughs> i think i prefer cap wolf to that <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be here next Saturday. Same THN time, same THN channel. And like I said, send us an MP3 to two nerd at gmail.com or call and leave a message at 402-819-4894. If you can't be here live, we love to have you in our Facebook chat. We love to have you in our zoom and you're more than welcome. Come hang out, talk to us, or just chat with us. We want to hear from you. I know there's a lot of people lurking and listening. Come check it out and play along. You got nothing going on. We're all at home. Okay. We're all at, food we don't charge extra us. for watching. COVID is back. It's not going away. This is life now. So let's get on the internet and talk to each other, nerds. All right? <laughs> for now, this is uh, Matt Bomb. And this is Joe Patrick. We are the two at a nerd, signing off.